Welcome to Hot Breath Comedy Fam. On Monday, May 13th, I am teaching a clean comedy workshop. The last four I have taught sold out very quickly, so if you wanna learn about clean comedy, the business side, where the line is, how to write clean comedy, go to the link in the description of this episode, and we'll see you there. What's goody, Hot Breath Welcome back to part two of how to produce your own comedy special. Last week was an interview I did with the director of my self-produced comedy special, and this week is our live Q&A we did. So if you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to me on social media. I'm happy to help answer. And the answer to all of your questions is yes, you can support my self-produced comedy special right now on my website, joelbyerscomedy.com. And I'm excited to hear what you think about it. And I'm excited for you to hear this interview. So now there's only one thing left to do, and that is inhale a hot breath. <sighs> Enjoy. Uh, Alan Michael Harbor, how do you decide on what to name it? Well, mine personally was um, just, that just kind of became the theme of like, I was like, what is the theme of my comedy special? Or what is the story of my comedy special? So the trophy husband was a joke I had, me being a trophy husband, and it just kind of organically stuck, and it was catchy. It was easy for people to remember. It's like people heard the title, and it immediately sparked emotion and interest. So I wanted the special, even if no one knew who I was, they would hear the trophy husband and be intrigued. So that's why I went with that name. And it really it's identifiable too. Yeah, it is. It's only yeah, you, you I mean, can that's easily a joke attach that every to it. married man has made with his wife at some point of like, hey, I'll just be a trophy husband if that's cool with you. And now I'm making it a brand. <laughs> Hashtag trophy husband. Hashtag trophy husband. So yeah, there's merch. It's right a there. good question though. Good question though. Um yeah, I mean, put thought into all of it. You know, I mean, this is we we really approached this almost as like a movie in a sense of mm-hmm. like we weren't just like, oh, let's just slap some jokes on the screen it's like no how can we make this look great but then also be funny but then also be unique and do something no one else has done so put all that amount of thought into it and it'll work out quinn fitzgerald how do you effectively promote it once you release the special well that's what we're doing right now that's part of the promotion it'll be interesting to see in about six months how um all of this groundwork is um, paying off, but I mean, this is in sense, this is in a way promoting it. I've been a guest on a bunch of different podcasts. I, uh, the vlog, the vlogumentary. That's been a promotional That's tool. promoting it. Yeah. So you can go on my YouTube and watch how we create the special, but then also it, that all that leads to you like going to buy the special to watch it. Right. So getting into different publications and blogs and things like that is, has been valuable. And also... Um, Word of mouth is, especially when you're on like a budget and you don't just have a bunch of money to throw at a PR agency or something like that, word of mouth is going to be your best friend. So I've really been, uh, depending on you, the Hot breath averse, to really share it on social media, to really tell other comics and your friends and family about it. And that's been very helpful. And just people who are fans of me or the podcast in turn, sharing it. Word of mouth has probably been our most effective marketing strategy. But in all honesty, as we're recording this, it is um, very early 
in oh, yeah. the game. So the strategy is going to evolve, and I think we're going to do a follow-up episode to kind of reflect on what we've learned, what worked, and um, what we're doing now and what we hope to work. Once um, it's all out in the world. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. the whole point of this is to really just... At the end of the day, it's to give comics a blueprint to also do it themselves. Right. Kind of like Andrew Schultz is doing with his content and how his whole strategy has become like a viral sensation. Yeah. And yeah. If, if you go on social media right now, you're going to see a comic doing crowd work mm-hmm. with subtitles mm-hmm. and a crazy title. And you know mm-hmm. who started that? Schultz. Andrew Schultz. And people are doing it because it works. But now that I'm seeing that, I'm like, okay, what's next? You know, I'm seeing it recycled. I think recycled. Schultz was really the first one, too, to do it in a way that, like, there was a bunch of guys out there that were doing, like, they'll set, like, a GoPro up in the corner or something. But, like, he was the first one to bring somebody on that was either a comedian or, like, myself, like, a huge comedy fan mm. that's capturing what they actually want to see. Uh-huh. And so, like, that's a lot of, like, like with my documentary filmmaking is been based in fight, in the fight world a lot of, I know what to film. I'm a fighter. So, like, I know what moment to not break away and what moment is important. And so it's the same thing, like, with a comedy fan. Like, I think where it was fun for me on a perch of being such a comedy fan, I got, like, a front row seat to that development that, you don't get to see. And so that's where, like, uh, I got, like, and so, like, I got that, and so that's what the viewer's gonna get, because that's what you got out of the edit. That's what you got from me, was the view of a, a, a highly, you know, attentive fan. He was the first to bridge that gap, I right, guess. He was right, the first right. to get It's a comedian fan. behind the camera. Like, nah. I, um, uh-huh. what's his name? I'm, blanking on the guy's name that that does his media alex alex media yeah 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 yeah. so like he's a comedian as well right he's he's like his opener or was his opener at Mm -hmm. one point or something like that i don't know the story behind it either way he's a comedian as well oh okay so like that's your in my opinion from what i've watched from what he's done and the same thing that like what we've done is you're seeing it from the aspect of somebody who like they know what to look at and they're like that's what people want to see uh, and that's kind of, I guess, the route we took. You as a comedy fan and me as a comedian and right. creating what we want to see. Right. Kind of the same idea. Right. So it's right. got to work, right? right? <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> I mean, it's exactly. got to work. Yeah. yeah of course. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's it for now, Quinn. But we'll definitely follow up. And um, also, because I did a lot of research leading up to the special and really, like, how to market it and things like that. And yeah. there is, um, I've connected with a lot of comics who have, released albums and things like that and a big thing they wish they invested in was like marketing or a PR agency and things like that so I do see room down the road to reinvest into more robust marketing funny enough I got a company funny enough Isaac Stackhouse tell them what the name of your company is well there's Turnkey Connections Group uh huh which is <laughs> my you went into your marketing voice Turnkey Connections Group yeah <clears throat> that's 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 my uh, that's that's my operating as like a advertising agency, and then mm-hmm. there's Blind Lincoln Productions, which is underneath that. Oh, they did like the special, which is what I did the special with, and that's mm-hmm. kind of just how I keep it separated and operating. But yeah, like the the as far as the evolving part of the blueprint of how to promote things, there. I mean, there's things like 
what you can get for Google Ads, what you can get mm-hmm. for that kind of stuff. We can run pre-rolls, all kinds of stuff like that. Pre-rolls on YouTube, you're saying? Yeah, yeah, that kind of stuff. Uh, I think that you can get a good reaction out of some of those things because if you do it well, it will be appreciated because it's getting forced in front of you regardless of whether or not you like ads you know that they're there uh-huh. so like if you do them well that'll be appreciated and you know it, it, it especially done well it'll stand out because there are some terrible i mean you know i'm here in my garage right but you know some of those worked though but they worked that's they what were I, the first that was my reference was that like they did that but they did that in flood so now there's a bunch of people that have copied that mm-hmm. it's not very well quality done and the information is all you know what have you Whereas if you have something that is concise and good and tight and run the way that we have it, and then you couple it with like you know some Google ads or um, even uh, things like Facebook and and the Instagram ads, mm-hmm. you can you can get some some reach that some conversions you weren't able to get you know ten years ago. So for the bang for your buck. Yeah, so go buy the special so I can pay Isaac to market the special exactly. so we can all learn together how to market a comedy special. This actually leads into the bet the next question perfectly. Awesome. From uh Thomas Metaleski. Wait. Sorry, this is on my phone. Uh Thomas Matelski. Thomas Matelski. My bad, buddy. I know you're a big fan. I hate I mispronounced your name there. But um he goes, how did you compile your budget and how would you budget for one now? I.e., what did you learn about what slash how to budget? Also, how would you project manage it differently now that you did it? Um, good night. That is a dense question. That's some, some to unpack. That, <laughs> I, I mean, the budget, we really started off with what was the quality. I gave you that. That's kind of where we started with the budget was like, how high do we want to shoot? Right. And then, you know, it broke down to, like, how many cameras. Right. Yep. That was really what dictated our budget was how many cameras. Mm -hmm. And you wanted a three-camera plus a fourth crowd shot. So it basically boiled down to what does three cameras, the the way that I did it for you was, you know, what does three cameras cost for me to get for that 24 hours? Mm -hmm. And then it boiled down to time which to answer his question that you at, that he was asking about the project management on my end yeah. of things is I would have allocated been a little bit more realistic in the amount of time that it would take mm-hmm. on like I was talking earlier on the footage on like rendering and on editing like every time I edited until I figured out it still took a long time but I learned a trick on um, Premiere how to do, um, uh, what did I call it? You can do media encoder. And they basically make previews that are lower quality than uh, the 4K. So you're editing like 720 as opposed to 4K. But then when you export, you can put it through the media encoder again and it'll reverse it out of 720 and put it in 4K. So the computer can keep up with it. Mm-hmm. And um, process. Yeah. And can't I'll, process 4K, but it can process 720. And, well, it, while you're editing. Yeah. And so, like, that cut down significantly on time. But initially when it started, when you'd render out a 4K, I mean, it'd take four and a half hours. Oh, yeah. To render the whole special. Mm-hmm. So, like, 
I'd allocate more time. I agree with that on my end, too. Yeah, I think everything just took more time. The edit time took way more than I expected. Did you expect on the production side? I mean, all of that kind of went That went, went like pretty you. smoothly. Like I said, there were the little hiccups that I learned to have backups to not be reliant. Like, do or die on the cameras mm-hmm. was, was one thing that, like, I need to figure out ways to maybe have an extra camera or be a fail-safe or... That's kind of why I'm going the direction I'm going on filming with camcorder or professional camcorders mm-hmm. versus the mirrorless DSLRs is because less problems, less tendency for things to go wrong. Like, those are what I learned from that project. But And we were there the day of the recording. We were there, like, seven hours, six or seven hours yeah, early, yeah, like, yeah. getting set up, soup, yeah. shooting, like, set up everything. I rehearsed. The I whole, was glad we did that. I was so like, glad we like, did that. There was that. a lot of things. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And we got lucky, too. Like, don't be afraid. I mean, like, we we left all the accidents in mm-hmm. in the beginning, like, we talked about of, like, the where, where things went awry because there was some pretty organic, funny stuff that, like, yeah, happened. Exactly. Um, And it, uh, I'm glad that all happened because, like, the with the light. Oh, I'm so glad that light would have been that light that spotlight would have been detrimental to it. It would have ruined the whole shot. Right. Like we would have had to have redone it because that was such a harsh different light than Mm -hmm. everything else we were dealing with. The camera just freaked out and so like Yeah, and y'all will see it in the special, like what we're talking about. But we leave it all in just because it's it was, real it and it was happened. Legit funny too. Yeah, it was like, legit Tyler, funny. Tyler handled that perfectly. Yeah, he really yeah, he that's why I had him like I fall host it. through the, the like as I'm it all up, my... they closed the, the I wasn't expecting yeah. all that. It, it's a great opening. Yeah, I, it, I I couldn't have been more happy with how it went. Like, I think every, like, quote, mistake was actually a blessing. Like, I'm so or, glad it all or, happened. Uh, was the Orson Welles of the beauty of cinema is the mistakes? Oh, I haven't, I haven't heard that. I'm but I'm sure. That's that ex- sounds legit. I might have made that one up. We're but, just quoting yeah. all sorts yeah. of dead bow, people. Bow, bow. Did just you know <laughs> that 97% of statistics are made up on the spot? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just... So, so, so that is... um. I guess from my budget end, it was thinking about what am I comfortable spending that my wife won't divorce me for. Um, It really was just, what do you have to spend? Because you can, I mean, you know. Budgeting with the trophy trophy husband. Yeah. (laughs) Just budget to where she won't divorce you. But people, I mean, people spend, um, you know, six figures on a comedy special. I want to say, just for point of reference, I think Schultz said for his that he did around New York. Like yes. the one that no one would pick up, yes, so he just that released it. He just it. released himself. Yes, I think. Um, I think he said he spent like thirty grand on that. Yeah, I think, and I think twenty of it was to the person that produced it, and then like ten of it was to the attempt to get distribution. And yeah. then that's where he drew the line, where he was like, "I've dropped thirty. I need right. to just get it yeah. out there." To and the he people. got the he got the homie price. I think it was like his friends that yeah, had a his, production. Like, he got the here, homie this price. Is the on homie it. price. So yeah. And I think his dad. Maybe help. I thought he said his dad helped produ- produce a, it. A maybe. good like a good some or a good like rule of of where I've noticed is that like I may misquote this number, but most of your film uh, like industry is the I think that the minimum for like the union or whatever minimum is like seven fifty for a day. Okay. For a camera guy. Oh, okay. So like usually like that's your base of like to get a guy with one camera 
that doesn't include editing. That doesn't include all that. Like it's like seven hundred fifty bucks to get that dude for a day if he was a union camera guy. Gotcha. So like that's kind of the ballpark where people land to kind of give people somewhere to start mm -hmm. but then like you have to add in camera cost you have to add in time yep you have to add in all those different things that that then come up and that's how i come up with my prices and that that'll vary from you know person to person and like you said you know, there's the homie prices there's that type thing so and it's important yeah i mean name figure out your price but then also make sure you're working with someone that like you trust and you don't mind spending all those hours yeah, going back yeah, and forth yeah. with and you're like, gonna spend more time than what you project i agree yeah especially if you're proud of what you're doing like if you want to give mm -hmm. them a good product like i'm gonna i'm not gonna like be like well that was 15 hours here exactly you go. Like, and you you believed in the project and we had a shared vision so i right. think it's important with whoever you do this with make sure like you both share enthusiasm for it yeah. and you are going to be willing to put in the extra work. Well, and I like, I feel like there, there's a big thing in the industry of, you know, in the film world of guys like do things for free, do all this. Like I believe in that to a certain extent, but then at the same aspect too, like if you really, really want to find the time to spend on it and get it, like if you've honed your skills to where you feel confident, like I feel confident that I can give you your story in the way that like, mm -hmm. I see it through my eyes. Yeah. So like, don't be afraid either for the guys that are not necessarily the comedians that are watching this, that are the guys that like would like to be on my, sh in my shoes. Like, yeah. don't be afraid to be like, no, this is what I do. Mm -hmm. This is what, and make a, a, a prof be professional about it and be like, you know, these are the things. And that's what like working with you has been nice of, you knew exactly what you wanted. And so it made it easy to budget for it. It made right. it easy to, like, you yeah. know, this is the project, this is the voice, this is what I want it to be. And then all I have to do is just mash record and catch you. Mm -hmm. And that's what I think that most people in any aspect, not just comedy, but anything that they're trying to create co content around, is just do it. And that's why it, I loved getting the comments of how good the special looks, just mm -hmm. from, like, a visual sense. Because it is, like... With projects like this, I mean, you do get what you pay for. So, I mean, yes. if you try to cut yes. corners somewhere, yes. they're going to show up somewhere. Don't ever cut corners on audio. Right. At least 1080. Okay. And um, don't be afraid of stabilization, but don't depend on stabilization. It's kind of... What is that? Uh, like that gimbal, the DJI. Oh, like, okay. like, don't depend on it. Like... I think a lot of times things tend to look fake and machiney, and I like that's why I like some of the comedy specials that are really polished. I don't necessarily like because you got the big swinging arm, and you're like, you know that people are sitting there with a giant camera just swooshing by their head, right, to get this dramatic shot of uh, you know Dan Cook like boom, big into the camera. But there was this huge production about it. I get it. That's an art form all of its own. Mm -hmm. But that's not like what I get. Like that's not what tickles my fancy. Mm -hmm. So nice. I think. Yeah, I think that's a good budget breakdown there. Yeah, great question though, Thomas. That's so you, yeah. Good. To go back to the budget, you could spend two hundred thousand dollars and get that big swooping shot. Yeah. Or you could get the more organic, more feeler. It's just what you're going for is what you want to mm -hmm. spend. Well, you said base. Was like seven fifty a day just for the camera guy. Just for the camera guy. No to get equipment, that no, no editing. Equipment, no editing. Just a base. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, and then like you have different rates for different editors, and then like that gets figured out, you know, depending on where you are. You know, we're here in Atlanta, so the editor goes different than if you're in L.A. or than if you're, you know. And I'm still learning about that type of stuff. Too. Yeah. Like, so, so um, people, just 
if you want a specific number, reach out to Isaac and be like, yo, this is what I'm trying to do. How much yeah, would that cost me? Yeah, if you have a me? project, I'm, I'm all over the place. The Daily Stack. Dude, he's, I mean, he lives in Alabama, and he would travel to do, like, these projects. Yeah, so, like, yeah, this, I mean, yeah. but he's, yeah. I basically live on the road right now, so. Part of, yeah, I mean, part of our goal is this, is, like, to be, like, yo, let me get the, let me get the Stack House special. Exactly. So, I mean, yeah, the reach out to him. Special. Yeah, give me, let me get the Joel Byers treatment. Joel Byers. So these next come from the group. Uh, great question so far. The next ones come from the uh, Comedians of Montreal group. We got some fun listeners in Canada, man. We've got some really engaged I love listeners Canada, out there. If anybody yeah. ever wants to hang out in Canada, if anybody's got some projects up there, I'm down to. Canada's to great. I'm really to trying to figure border. out a way to get up there too. It's like, a fun spot to make it make sense. Isn't there like a big comedy uh, Do this- festival? Just for Laughs is like the yeah, festival. Yeah, it's the festival. Yeah, it's the, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. Inc- it's, uh, it's, the, it's incredible. Yeah, if anybody wants to send the trophy husband to Just for Laughs. Yeah, we'll, holla. We'll document it. I went yeah. with Miss Pat a few years ago. See, that would be now. some dope footage to just be a fly on the wall for. I would love to just hang out with you and Miss Pat in Canada. Oh, it was, yeah, it was uh, unforgettable. It was uh, definitely one of those benchmarks of your career where you're like, oh. This is happening. This is what's possible. If yeah. you're, you're just like, I, was just, I just remember being in like, and this isn't even like name dropping. Like literally at Just for Laughs, this is like the Super Bowl. Right. Like you right. this is the epicenter of comedy when you go to Just for Laughs. So it's like you're just in the green room and you're like, Oh, there's Judd Apatow and John Mullaney talking. And then oh, there goes Pete Davidson right there. Oh, cool. Look, Jake, like it's you're literally just yeah. in comedy yeah. when you're up yeah. there. So that wasn't even like name drop. I'm not saying we got a selfie. I'm just saying it's like just being around that level of comedians really kind of expands your mind to what's possible. Yeah, yeah. I didn't realize that till I'd uh, gone to the comedy store in L.A. last yeah. time I was out there. Yeah, it's, it's like, the oh, exact wow. same like, thing. You feel it, and you're like, oh. You'll be in the hallway, different. and there's Joe Rogan and by. Tom yeah. Segura yeah. and Whitney Cummins. Yeah, they're just hanging out or, yeah, yeah. just sitting yeah. there. Yeah, it's it's necessary, though, for comics to get around just that level of comedy, just so you are like, oh, this is where I want to be, or like, this is what will be. Because if you're in the, I feel like there's something to be said for just being in the room with those people. Yeah. Like being associated, however that is. So the comedy store is great just to go visit. All right. So Comedians of Montreal, Darliff, Kaz, oh boy. Sorry if I get this wrong. That sounds like a doozy. Darliff Cazanueve. Hold on. Can you? Oh, oh you got to put your glasses on? Glasses on. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. What do we got here? Where are we at? Uh, Darliff. Kaz. New. That's close enough. I'm, I'm not sorry, Darliff. I. You know what, man? I really appreciate you posting a question. I'm sorry. I'm not getting your name right. I'll just say Darliff Kazen Nueve. That's close. That sounds about right. So, um, his question was what. What's the best way to get people to come? So, to I'm assu- the special? assuming he's talking about the special. Yeah. Yeah. Word of mouth. Word of mouth. I mean, this was for me. I mean, I filmed it in my hometown. I hadn't heckled people to come to a show in a while. Yeah. Like, I really just pulled out all the stops to get people on this. I was reaching out to friends, family, friends of family. I think you family. did a good job of embodying the whole, like, uh, to get you a little bit of uh, shareability here, the Gary V, like, jab, jab. Uh, oh, right. Right hook. Okay, yeah. Left hook. I don't remember which boxing terminology he uses. I haven't watched him in a while. But, yeah, uh, anyways, like, he has that whole, like, I think that your content has been a lot of, like, your give, 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 give. Hey, 
you know, 50 of you guys come by and, and hang out. Like, I yeah. think that was a really good approach that you took. Yeah, and it, it did spread through, like, me asking people and then just word of mouth. I remember yeah. Stephen, I mean, Stephen, um, who was also born here, he told some family and friends about it, and they right, came out. Right. I think he brought, like, six people. So it's like, and it did sell out. And it wasn't a room full of just, like, it wasn't your aunts, uncles, and cousins. Like it was. No, these was were, people. like, friends. These yeah, were former they, students. Yeah. These are people who had been coming to my show since the Java Monkey days. Yeah, like, this, Wow. most of it wasn't, um, like, anybody directly like a friend or a family member it really was just like people who had known me in my comedy for like 10 years who had come to different things and i think you connect with your fans more than most people in, in a way that's like pretty unique like a lot of people that were coming mm. in were specifically like they were it seemed like they were coming to see their friend and that i can attribute that to podcasting you know like mm, i have yeah. i have people that i see like share stuff and do things on my podcast that are the same way like i think that it creates this neat little like they almost feel like that they're your homie because I mean they've sat here. Yeah. I mean we've gone for an hour and twenty, and like they've sat here and had this conversation or been a part of this conversation the whole time. Yeah, and so like they can come in and they can be like, ah, oh, yeah, you know. So like they get some of the jokes too. So I think that's important for like Darliff if he's trying to get people out. Is yeah, make sure you're engaging with your Create audience. Create the community that's here because like yeah. you do a lot of like you break you break the fourth wall all the time. Yeah. Like you're always, you know, really reaching out, and which I need to get better about on my 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 social. Like I'm terrible about because I feel weird. I it still feels weird. It, yeah, it doesn't just, matter the how. The more you do it, the more comfortable you get. Right, but and you're just like, man, yeah, it still feels weird. Yeah, yeah for every sure. time, like if you're sitting there and you're like yeah. in Kroger and you're like, so I'm here, exactly. and like there's some little kid looking up at you, like, what? What are you doing? Right, exactly. <laughs> but uh, it does make a difference when you directly connect and address, yeah. and people comment, comment back. People share something, be sure to thank them. Like, those little details. Really being active. Yeah. You'll get that one person that'll be like, hey, me and two of my friends are going to come watch. Well, there's three people. So now, yeah, yeah if you put all that work in, they're going to be willing to put in the work to come out to a Saturday night show to support you. And they're going to feel yeah. grateful and, like, happy to do it. Well, and I think more people, too, will will be that way in in the manner that they have you know, so using social media the way that it's really meant to be used in that way. Like, you can use it in a negative way, which is where we see a lot. Mm -hmm. And you see a lot of people that are using it, you know, to be mean or to, like, say things or to, like, say crazy stuff. Whereas, like, like I said, you're reaching out and you're connecting. And in a way, like, this podcast and this whole special and the whole community you've created around this is a positive thing where people mm. can talk back and forth and people can like really use it to connect because that's the amazing thing that the internet allows us to do yeah and like so to answer his question is like bring people in th through the community aspect yeah that's yeah that's that's gold for right the culture there. dog for the culture hashtag for the culture hashtag for the culture pull up on a kid buy the special <laughs> So I <laughs> Where at? Where yeah, can we uh, find it? JoelBuyersComedy.com. There you go. And it's funny you asked that because the next one from the Comedians of Montreal group, Matt Ahern, or Matt Ahern, congrats, dude. Are you putting it on YouTube like Mike Cannon or Andrew Schultz? Uh, I'm actually, we put the vlogumentary on YouTube. That's We put the trailer on YouTube and also all the episodes leading up to the special tracking the right. process of creating it but the actual special lives on my website joelbyerscomedy.com and you and I actually I'm selling it through a website called Gumroad which is a great platform I learned about from 
an interview I did with Mark Caesar, who has sold like thousands of copies of his comedy special through this website. They take a very small percentage, and they're it's like an artist website by artists for artists. So that it's a very good platform that can host the video that you can then embed on your website, and it makes it just hmm. easy. Yeah, hmm. makes yeah. makes the whole process a lot easier and accessible for comics like us that are. Not we don't understand maybe all the e-commerce side or how to get a checkout. So do they handle all the like distribution aspect of that? You know, for like so that's what they're doing. They they distribute the is it, is it the RSS feed? Well, they host they hold they, they hold host the, the special the file. Yeah, okay. they're not distributing it anywhere. Okay, but okay, then okay, on okay, Gumroad okay. you can uh, they people can stream it or they can download it as well. Uh, okay, so mm-hmm. they handle the purchase and exactly of that. yeah. And they take a small percentage. I think they get like a dollar for every sale. No, it's like 8%, 8.5%. So a little less than a dollar for for me because mine's $10. So, mm, okay. uh, But that's what I'm doing with mine. Um, so, yeah, go check it out. It's worth it. It's worth the purchase. Uh, the next website, uh, the next group. All right, just a few more here. Uh, Comedians Helping Comedians. This is a good Facebook group. Uh, it's and it's just comedians posting stuff about um helping comedians. Really, it's just sharing a bunch of different tips and advice. So the first, Richard Dweck, will there be an album eventually? But my goal with this was ended up actually being the ideas have evolved over time. But I was going to release an album and a special at the same time. But I decided just to release a special first just so people don't have a choice. It's like, I feel like if you give people too many options, they end up not choosing any of them. One or the other. Yeah, yeah they're okay. like, well, I don't know, so I just won't. It's like, I just give people one option, make it easy to get to, and they'll can just buy it. And so, then the album will be like an after. Yeah, the yeah. album, it, the album, the idea with the album is almost, and this is the idea I got from Mark Caesar also, is it's almost, the album is almost like the next promo run. So it's kind of like, hey, take the special with you in your car and things like that. So it's kind of like releasing. Make one on like actual vinyl. I haven't gotten that far into how to release that. I'm trying to just make this comedy special. Making a holler out for them, for the hipsters. For the vinyl, yeah. people are doing it. I know. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, you we'll get see. the hipsters, the twelve dollar coffee guys. So all you twelve dollar coffees, buy the. Ten dollar exactly, comedy special. Exactly. Gosh, See? this is ten years of my life for ten dollars. Ten years of my life for ten dollars. So it'll be an album eventually, but right now it is just um, it's the comedy special. But if you go on my Patreon, I did post the audio on there. So holla out for the Hot Breath Podcast. I, I was just thinking about the whole Mitch Hedberg thing, where like you know, on the album we could have like directions of like things that you do that need visual aspects, so that the people that buy the album get really angry. Oh right, and go back and buy your special. Cause it's not a bad idea. Yeah. We'll work on the marketing side. Shout of out that. to Mitch Hedberg there. You know, the Tag-ability. next Shay Meineke. What are your expectations with self-producing? Uh, well, mine personally are, I mean, the overall expectation is just other comics to feel inspired to start creating their own projects. I just met a comic in Columbia, South Carolina, when I was working there, who had heard about it from other comics. He's like, yeah, I heard you're doing your own special. He's like, that's really cool and inspiring, man. And that's exactly why I'm doing it. So hoping other comics 
will realize, oh, I don't have to wait on anyone. I can do this like myself. Right. So right. that's really my expectation with it. I don't know what if you had expectations or. I, it's along the same lines. Like I said, I've been pushing for a while of like people being their own content producers or like owning their own content mm -hmm. and being able to help people do that has kind of been my vision, and that's kind of what we did. So that's I, I'm in the same boat of like. You don't have to wait because I asked multiple people that were in the film industry of like, look, you know, one of the things that I want to do is direct, and one of the, you know, these are the type of things that I'm into, and everybody kind of like saw what I was already doing, and they were like, yeah, there's some like holes in your game and like things you could learn, but they were like, look, you could go spend 12 years making other people's stuff, or you could just make your own stuff and the things that you and your friends want to make and just like lean into it, mm -hmm. and especially with technology today. Why not just do that? Yes. You know, like, why, you know, that would be like asking George Lucas to go, you know, and I'm not comparing myself to <laughs> Lucas at all. Like, as I said that, I was like, oh, that sounds really pretentious. But, like, you know, like asking them to go do something that would be subpar compared. And so, like, you're like, you know, it would be weird for him to work on something that wasn't his. Even, you know, and this is ways that without the barrier to entry, that everyone thinks is there. Yes. Yeah, that perceived barrier is actually... Like, oh, I don't have 20 grand. I don't have a red camera, or I don't have, you know, six red cameras and a, like, camera, like, crane and all this. Right. It's like, bro, like, for real, for real, you could shoot one entirely on an iPhone. Yeah, people and, have. Yeah, people Comic have. Like, did it's, that, it's yeah. been done. Mm -hmm. Like, it's... So, like, things like that, if that can be done, well, then it's just the quality of the content. So, like, for you, you were a good comic. You were a talent. That, and that's really why I aligned myself with the project was, like, you're talented. Like, you genuinely made me laugh. You genuinely made the people in the room laugh. So, like, I wanted to accentuate and show that. Mm, and there's no longer that, that barrier to good content getting made. Because, like, you know, it could get cut out because it doesn't align with some producers whatever like that's how this type of stuff gets made is because some producer thinks it's good mm -hmm. well, if you think your stuff is good and like you said you get the reciprocation reciprocation but like you get that from your audience well why not go in and, and just cash in on that on yourself and not rely on some NBC producer being like you're funny yep that's so we I think that's why the project works so well too is because we shared that same expectation right Kind of had that same like philosophy behind it, right? Yeah, good question though. That's that's a these are like astute, like thoughtful questions. You uh, know? The, the whole community. That's why I was saying like I hope I'm, I yeah. need to make sure that for I'm a member. Culture. Hashtag yeah. for the culture. This is from the uh, comedians helping comedians Facebook group. That's a good one. That's yeah, this one. is a good one. Um, in Gozi, he's actually a comic, um, an Atlanta comic. Or he's from Athens. He performs in Atlanta a lot. One of the two, long, he's creating a lot of content, and he's doing sketches, and he documents his own comedy, and um, he's, he's out there hustling. I like, I like Ngozi. He asked, uh, what type of cameras were used, and when did you feel ready to produce a special? A7Threes, Sony A7Threes, mm -hmm. mirrorless, uh, like I said, with a Sony lens that was like, I, as I thought about it, I think it was actually 30 to 70. Okay, but either way, it was it was a variant lens that like you could zoom in and out. And we rented the all and that we, stuff. Yeah, we rented those, mm -hmm. and then we had the camera that was on the audience that we talked about earlier. That's that's the DJI Osmo Pocket. So those were the three cameras that were used to shoot the, or four cameras that were used to shoot the special. And I felt ready to produce a special when, 
after I had been doing it for, I mean, really almost 10 years, and I was like, oh, I feel confident enough in my ability as a comedian to want to document this forever. Did you feel that confidence going into it the night of? Yes. I felt prepared. I was still nervous. Okay, prepared. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, being prepared helped with the confidence. But, I mean, there was, of course, you know, I'm in the green room going over the material. We got there super early. I'm standing there while y'all are setting up the camera. I'm just running through the set as if it's showtime, just preparing, you know, remembering the material and things like that. So preparation definitely gave me the confidence and just doing this almost 10 years i was like okay but that I'm also ready. gave the the dry run uh we were talking about that afterwards the dry run was nice because it gave the camera operators like cues to know where you were kind of yeah like, what your body language might be kind of be the like gave you a quick dry run through of the jokes of like he may be facing this way when he says it or like this and that so like i i liked I liked going, and like you said, the preparation, I think, helped a lot. For sure. Especially when you went through and you wrote it. Like you wrote, we were talking about earlier, when you wrote the joke for the, or the whole story mm-hmm. for the first time, and you were like, ah, oh, and then like you could hear it made more sense. Yeah. And like wrote, like literally wrote it out word for word. Yeah. And then figured out how to like add punchlines into different Had parts. you ever done that before? Had you ever like word for word written out a joke? Yeah, I used to do it all the time. Okay. I had never done that with a story to where it's like, let me just write out a story how it happened and then try to build jokes into it. But I used to, my set list used to be like word for word. Like So like you even had, did you have the pauses like written in and everything? I would, I, where a pause was would be like an ellipses. But I would, uh, like okay. the timing, yeah, all that would be written Like the Seinfeld almost, like where he knew exactly where the rhythms were going to mm-hmm. fall and yeah. 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 Except Seinfeld knew what he was doing. I was just a comic like, well, I hope this ellipses means they're laughing. (laughs) (laughs) Or I'm just awkwardly standing there in silence. Yeah. But that's really, yeah. And what's great about, like, I mean, with the internet and access to technology is like, I mean, I interviewed Sam Severin on here. On a, and she recorded an album that was 20 minutes. It's it's not like these things have to be, you know, like an hour. It doesn't have to be this epic production. You could you could technically do like a 20-minute comedy special, I would say. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, and then it, it's just good quality content for you to distribute. I think it's just if you have something to say. I mean, the, it's the yeah, artist. Yeah, I agree it's, with it's, that. It's, I mean, it's the artistry of it, of like if you have... I had a friend that like was one of the most talented guitar players I'd ever met, and like I always asked him, I was like, you know, you you you're incredibly and in, in talented and everything. Like, when are you gonna write something? He used to always say like, I'm waiting till I have something to say, and I used to always like not really get that. And then like from an artistry standpoint, I can get it. Like, if you have mm-hmm. something to say and you can accomplish that in ten minutes, then polish it up, make it, and put it out there to the world. It goes back to the whole thing of like, there's no barrier to entry. Right. Like, if you have something to say, like you can set up your iPhone and you can reach millions of people if you want. And you just want to make sure it's something you don't mind being online forever. That's true. You know what I mean? So it's That's like, true. how long have you been doing comedy? And is it material you're proud enough that in five years you're still going to be proud of it? Or is it a starting point? Yeah. Because that's also something that you can look back on it. Like, I think that you'll take a value in this. And the more projects that we, you know, I mean, because we don't hate each other at the end of this, like, right. we'll probably keep working together right. a little bit. So, like, in future, you'll be able to go through and see. I mean, it's like you can go back and look at the guys like Seth uh, Rogen and those guys. And you can look at, like, how they've matured as filmmakers and how they've matured as comedians. Mm-hmm. Because, like, you can watch it grow 
of the different things that they do, and it's kind of the same concept. That's a good point. Yeah. Of like you get like this track record of this is where I was in 2019, and then you know in 2029, you'll see an entirely different, or or you'll see jokes that are coming back, or you'll see things like that. That's a good you know? point. Yeah, I do like that. Yeah. Good question, Ngozi. Um, let's see. All right, these two are kind of the same. Rock Allen and Angelo Cianfraco. Uh, roundabout, what was your roundabout out of pocket? How much did the camera crew and editing cost? How did you get an audience? So I talked about how to get an audience um, a few questions ago, how I got people to come out. But um, in terms of the budgeting, um, I mean, I was in the thousands. Mm-hmm. I will say that. Um, honestly, don't want to say anything specific just because I don't want to put a number in their head that then they reach out to you and they're expecting one thing. You right. know what I mean? It's, well, and like I said, it varies when it comes to the budget. It vary. You can spend as little or as much as you want. Like you can spend the like I said earlier. Uh, you know, there's that base of to get you a union uh camera guy that's like you know whatever that's 750 bucks out the gate just to get him in there to come turn the camera on Mm -hmm. so like you start there and then you know if you want to spend all the time filming on going you know following you and then like the special itself and then like the cameras you that's the exact same thing of like you can spend as much or as little as you want mm-hmm. you know like i said you can either shoot it on an iphone or you can go spend ten thousand dollars a camera and have you know the what is it the uh, re uh like professional camera that's like you know the size of this front seat oh geez. and i like got all these different connectors and stuff that's like a thirty thousand dollar camera or you know, I mean, they've got them out there. They're like seventy thousand dollars cameras. Like it, it doesn't have to be limited by price. Mm-hmm. It's mostly just like, what are you trying to capture? What do you have that you're willing to put into it? And then, what are you looking to get back? Yeah, and I think it's important to think about like just set the intention in motion, and a lot of the pieces will start falling together. Yeah, so, yeah. I started last year with a goal of like. I want to record a comedy album this year. I don't know how I'm going to do it. I don't know where I'm going to do it. I don't know what I'm going to do in the album. But it's like, hey, I want to do this. And then over time, pieces just started to fall in. Yeah, Yeah, it's like, oh, I meet you. And then I, oh, the venue. It's like, just, just start. And a lot of, and then start asking questions. You know, start on whatever it is you're trying to accomplish and then start Googling or reaching out yeah, to people. I think you said earlier, like questions. Googling and yeah. trying to, like just be curious Yeah, and just like, you know, be, be willing to push it and be willing to take like risk and chances. And like I said, just do it. Yeah. And I understood that this was going to be something you get what you pay for. And like, yeah, I wanted to invest to the amount that it would, people would watch it and be like, oh, he didn't just like throw this together. This is like right. a comedy Cause special. Because that's what I keep saying is that like, I keep saying is like, you can shoot it on, on your iPhone, but I guarantee you, it will look like you shot it on your iPhone. Yeah. Like, <laughs> they're like the, the, you know, especially in cameras, like for a little bit of like a sidetrack on that, on the camera aspect is 
the cheaper the camera, the harder it is that it deals with low light situations. Mm-hmm. That's why we went with the Sony A7 III's is because they dealt well in low light situations and they were supposed to have a hack around to where you didn't have the time limiter. Um, if anybody wants to hit me up and let me know how to hack around that on an A7 III, <laughs> I figured out how to do it on an A7 II, but apparently the patches weren't out yet for the A7 III's. And so that was one thing that I was misled on and I learned a lesson to where we had to actually time it to where all everyone at 23 minutes was going to have to restart their camera because it was going to cut off on a personal on, on a timer because that's DSLRs. Mm. And so what we had to do was know that okay, Steven's going to switch his camera off at the 15 minute mark. Kim's going to s- switch her camera off at the 18-minute mark, and I'm going to switch my camera on and off at the 20-minute mark. So that the, there was never a point where all three cameras were off. Yeah. Had that in plan, guess what? There was a moment where two out of the three cameras were <laughs> oh off because I was gosh. having the problem with my camera. Right. But I was able to like oh finagle gosh. around it. But plan, 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 plan. Yep. The more planned it is, the, mm-hmm. more, the more that you can fall back on that. Wow. Yeah, I don't know if I knew that, that there were yeah. two cameras out. Yeah. Yeah, all the unexpected, but the planning, the preparation helps you to, if we weren't as prepared, those little speed bumps may become like right. potholes. You what know? is it so. in the sports world? Good luck is where preparation and hard work meet. Yeah. yeah. You know, I'm just... We met. Quotes, yeah. quotes, quotes, quotes. So that's, um, yeah, so that's, there's, a, there's an answer for you. But reach out to Isaac directly with your idea, and then... See what? Oh, I'm see open what, to um, anything. Really. Yeah, see what the num- That's why. That's why we did this. I'm not really saying no to anything. I mean, the internet's a weird place. I don't know about. Yeah, the I was followers. wondering. I don't, you're on Reddit. I don't know what kind of wormholes you're going down there. Oh, I mean, I'm completely willing to explore anything, but I say yes. I'm learning to say no this year. Also, like the whole taking things to eleven. Mm-hmm. That's been been one of my things. About I have, I have to learn how to focus a little bit of my. Yeah, be a little more selective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I agree. Um, Keith D, he's um he's actually from Charleston. I met him. He's a big fan of the podcast, and he actually uh he runs some good shows in Charleston as well. Funny guy too. Uh, how did you change your set knowing that it was being video and recorded? Did you do less crowd work? Were you thinking about it the whole time? Um, I didn't really adjust. I didn't adjust for the cameras or anything. I think there were moments actually where I was sure to look in a certain direction or act out in a certain direction. Because you knew you were being Knowing filmed. there was a camera that I could lead into yes, with that. Yes, yes, So yes. I did do little things like that. I was a little more mindful of that. Does that ever happen with a person in the crowd? Do you ever like identify a person in the crowd and you're kind of, or do you... Address them all as one. Yeah, I just I really address them all as one. Okay. Like I'm sure to like look around the audience though. Right. So I'm not just like looking in the middle or looking above the audience at the back wall oh, or yeah. just looking to one side. I'm sure to like scan and things like that. I so get it appears. Out by comedians a lot. I would imagine with that beard. Yeah, yeah, I would imagine you get you definitely get picked out like you're gonna bomb the place. Yeah, that's usually the, yeah, the that's the, the joke. Usually, yeah, the I'm joke. doing crowd work on a podcast that, now. That, <laughs> like a guy when I was at the uh, comedy store in L.A., a guy called me out. Was like, "Look at this UFC looking dude," and I didn't even have on like a, a like fight shirt or anything. Oh wow! And he was just like, and that was I was out there for Worlds. Yeah. And the guy and I was like, I'm actually here for a jujitsu tournament. He was like, I picked the one <laughs> guy in here that could actually whoop me. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's that. Sometimes crowd work in a special translates like Jeff Garland's new special. Yeah, I was pulls gonna it ask off. about that. The yeah, he pulls it off. But for me, I knew I just wanted to. My next one, who knows? But this one, it was like I've been working ten years on this material. I want this to be a showcase of the mm, material. Mm. Now there is a moment when I call out my um my dog for being yeah, in the audience. Yeah. So I, I do a little bit of that near the end, but overall it was me doing my material. Yeah. And some of it was choreographed for different cameras, but overall I was really just doing my set as if as I would. As if you were just doing it in a, in a back room. Exactly. Somewhere. Yeah. And uh, were you thinking about it the whole time? Um, like were the cameras on your mind? Not really. Yeah. But by that moment it was kind of like, okay, I can't worry about anything but just putting on a good show. Do you think it helped that I had been following you around for that, like, the weeks leading up to it, where you were kind of used to me being around? Yeah, that probably did help. Yeah, I was probably, and I was probably more comfortable just, yeah, with cameras being around because you had seen the good, the bad, and the ugly. Right. So I now know you're seeing the showcase. Right. So it's kind of like you've seen it from every iteration. So, yeah, you probably following me around did help. But by the time I was on stage... I was just more like, oh, well, this is it. Yeah. Now you got to perform. You can't worry about anything else but making these jokes work. You don't want to bomb on your comedy special, especially when you're doing it in one take. Yeah, <sighs> yeah. That's the the one take was impressive because, like, it without the with the one hitch, which without that hitch, we would have messed up and had the lighting situation. And it, oh, it was a which would have been awful. Right. But without that one hitch, honestly, one take. Bam! Thank you, ma'am. It was it was good, but I think, like I said, that links back to you were prepared. Prepared, yeah, super prepared for this. Good question, though. All right, and the final one here. Uh, this is from the Charlotte comedy scene Facebook group. Lot of lot of hot brethren and sister in Charlotte. 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 We are strong in Charlotte. That's There's a, that's a nice town. I like Charlotte. Yeah, they Charlotte really um really engages with the podcast. We got a couple strong scenes out there that really I mean even I mean, you know, I was just talking to a guy in India. I mean, like people comics in India listen to this in Ireland. Nice. Nice. I mean, it's literally every continent but Antarctica. Ireland. You made it all the way. We made did. It home. Made it to the motherland. <laughs> so, this this is the final one, Chris Diorio. How much experience did you have going into this with the, quote, production side, lighting, sound, video? Very interested in anything you can share about what goes into producing a comedy special outside of just having your material ready. Thank you for doing this. Oh, Chris. Yeah, so I didn't have any real... I mean, me on the production side, I had... I mean, I had been on, like, movie sets and done sketches and things like that, but I had never really had to worry about okay what cameras are we going to use yeah. okay what lens do we need any extra lighting what's yeah. the set dressing going to be i had yeah. never had to worry about any of that before so this was all really new to me in that beyond like me doing sketches or movies or setting up my camera for a podcast right so yeah. that's why it was good i mean you kind of I was sure to, you know, hire people that do have experience with the things I don't to make sure it's all done at a professional level. How did you know that I had experience? Well, you said you had a production company. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good reason. I mean, it all felt really just organic. Okay. I mean, and yeah, 
and you had, I had seen some of your work. I mean, yeah, you have a portfolio. Yeah, so yeah I, mean, I, mean, that, I have, I have, I have a small portfolio. Like, yeah. But it's it was something I could reference yeah. to at least see like your tone, your right, style, right, the right. potential, the amount of work you have put in. Yeah, so yeah. like, I knew you had done a bunch of vlogs on your own. One hundred seventy. So yeah. I knew you had experience in that world as yeah, well yeah. to you you at least know how to capture a story and things like you. that yeah and how to construct a story and get all that, that yeah that makes sense. i hadn't asked you that i was wondering yeah it all i mean it all i appreciated you trusting me because this is my first go around and exactly like, and this for, was my first go around for me to answer his question from my state my point was like i was i've had a lot of experience in the corporate aspect of like i've made videos for corporate i've done like you know filming people doing speeches you know and then i've done a lot of self-talk uh, there, there's a lot of things that I had to learn, you know, like I said, Googling, right. like learning the, the via the internet and just watching other guys, watching guys like, you know, Schultz and I guess now us, you know, watching this stuff, how it got done and then going in and going, okay, what camera did they use? What did they do that? Um, the biggest thing, like I said, was audio mm -hmm. and, uh, the camera's capability in low light. That those are my two things that I took away that I learned the biggest lessons on of how to prepare for that and have that. Those Sony's did amazing in low light. Like I said, that was some sexy footage on the inside of that 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 Sony A7 III. Mm. So like I was I was pretty happy with the choices that we made in the cameras, but like I've got the lessons now in the future to make a few different choices in that aspect. Yeah. So, so to answer his question on the the those things is it's really what you want to spend. Yeah, to get for all that to be done. Right, yeah. Right. Yeah, and I thought I just we shared yeah, similar philosophy and enthusiasm for what we were trying to accomplish, so it all just seemed like an organic and natural fit. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Um and I mean I did make sure you weren't just a guy with an iPhone as well. But um it all it all just kind of happened so just just seamlessly yeah you know, there wasn't yeah. really a hitch in any of it none of it was forced so i was like there's something magical happening here uh, is there anything else he said you um anything you can share about what goes into producing the comedy special um outside of having material ready is there anything else we we said like make sure the the audio is on point want to make sure like you run a check on think, the audio Run yeah. a record and a check and like see what it sounds like on a playback before. So like that yeah. dry run. Yeah. Record the dry run. Right. The same way you do with your cameras because that's when I figured out that there was a problem with the first camera and that's how I fixed that was because mm -hmm. I caught it during the dry run. So a dry run sound check is important. Yeah. Like do, do one. Do yeah. Do a rehearsal. Yeah. Everyone do a rehearsal. Yeah. So you do a rehearsal as a performer. All the production people the do a rehearsal. Guys, the sound guys. Yep. The, and, and it really helps, too, for the camera and the sound guys to at least be on the same page, if not be the same people. Yeah. To, mm -hmm. to where they're, you can have it all matched up and do all the, like, legwork that makes sure that that. Because bad audio will ruin any production. Yeah, and we, yeah, we dodged a bullet. Yeah. I was worried about the audio, but no one else said has said anything that has seen it. Yeah. So I think I, it sounds great. I think the I, audio is fine. Yeah. yeah but yeah. it's like it could have. It was just I because I we I hired a different audio guy, um, who uh, who was super versed in the audio world, but there was just something within the board or something went wrong that 
I could hear, to but get then the front no the one has yeah. a, no yeah. one else yeah. has noticed. Yeah. So it's kind of like, I, you know, we're gonna be our worst critics. So I, I'm super happy with how everything turned out. We had a mic. My mic was recorded directly through the board, and then we had an audience mic hanging in the middle of the room. So there were two mics picking up audience audio and then my audio and they were mixed together so that's how the audio well, and was there done. was a third one that we pulled off of because i had just so happened to plug my camera from the camera to a shotgun mic mm. to get some of the audience reaction because that's what a lot of the problem we were having was from the one that was picking up the audience as well oh, it was what okay. the audio guy that i had look at it oh had said. Okay. it was like that was the one that was doing something but uh, it was anyways it all worked out it all worked it out sounds and looks amazing it looks it looks it li so I, I call the footage in the camera sexy <laughs> but what we color graded and turned out is mm. i'm super yeah i'm super happy with how all of it went down seriously this is um 10 years of work for ten dollars so go like get it, it. i'm go excited it. about Where it can man. they find it again you can find it at joelbyerscomedy.com and when you get it, leave a review as well. Those reviews definitely help other people to find it. Reviews, Share comments, it. Shares. Share it with other comics. Let them know that there's a comedian out here who invested in himself, hoping to inspire other comics to do the same, and really just showing what is possible in the 21st century, in the decade of 2020. What and is a possible. lot of their questions can be answered if they go watch the YouTube series as well. That's a good point, actually. Yep. A lot of those questions, if you just mm -hmm. kind of watch it play out, the story kind of tells itself on if you wanted to know how to do this. I mean, you like you said, there, there's a blueprint here. Yeah. There's, there's, and I think that that's really kind of a cool thing. And that was really our goal with it, is to create mm -hmm. a blueprint for comics to exactly. then do the work themselves. Exactly. We did it. We made it. Hashtag we made it. For the culture. And I think just one more thing he was talking about that goes into producing a special beyond the material is um, just thinking about what venue you want to do it in. Mm, um, yeah, we didn't touch on that. That, that was a great venue. But the, my venue, yeah, it was the Basement Theater, which first place to headline me, so I thought it had sentimental value. But it was also just a great setting. I liked it. You know, 50 to 60 people. It's in played intimate. well into the, yeah, the intimacy that was already in right. the special and mm -hmm. what we had built to. And um, how do you want the special to look? So they had like they had a certain backdrop they do at the theater, but we just hung up a black sheet and had lights outline the backdrop. So it's like, how do you want the special to look? Is another thing you want to consider. Um, you know, how do you want to do the audio and video? How you want to get people in the seats? Um, is there anything else I'm overlooking? Because that's a good question. I just don't. The seating we did have to reconfigure in the last minute to get the cameras. We did not accommodate oh. for our cameras and our camera people. We right. do. We do need to to like in future reference. I need to remember that when we're setting up the schematics of how everyone's going right. to sit. Is also the camera plays a big big role in that. Yeah. Because you don't want to ruin the show for the people there. Because ultimately, too, it's like for the people that are coming. Like yep. you want them to experience exactly what you're trying to convey on the special at the special oh and this is something as well when it comes to ticketing i actually did tiered ticketing so i had three levels of ticketing oh nice that was like open mic feature headliner i think or like i did like vip okay. and each level got um certain gifts or certain care packages so i was okay. able to sell tickets at different price points providing them with different incentives so that's another good way to make a little extra money on the door end 
is to have different levels of tickets for people to buy. Because if these people are coming to support your special, they're more than likely going to be willing to pay more than just the base price. So, especially if you're getting to go see like your as you're developing this, like we said, the community. Yeah. Like having like if I get to go see my favorite comic, like, and I get like a signed book of his. Yeah, like a for sure. T-shirt or mm-hmm. something like that, then. That's a pretty cool idea. Yeah, and that's, I think one had like a t-shirt in it. One had like hot breath water, and I don't remember what all was in them. But I made sure they were worth it as well. I hot didn't, breath water like flavored? I didn't skimp them. No. We don't have any hot breath water in here. Oh, oh no, we man, don't. We don't. I brought, I brought some. I have I an unopened bottle that I'm not going to open for like 20 years and then try to sell on eBay. Oh, because I brought famous. it to your, yeah. your podcast. Boom. Boom. Hot breath, hot breath Fontas water. water. But, um... Do you say you're gonna sell it on eBay? Yeah, Is that you know, like 20 years, <laughs> if eBay's still around. Ooh. So this has been real, man. Bro, I've loved it. We really just we really just did two podcasts. Maybe we should break it up into one that's us talking and then one that's the Q and A. Either way, or you have just a two hour a two like hour. jamming podcast that people are just like. The, yeah. the the real ones are still with us right now. Okay. The okay. real ones are still with us. Okay, these, real these ones. These are the ones you want. Okay, real ones. Okay, real ones. <laughs> these are the OGs. <laughs> Hot brethren and sisterin. So let them know um, where they can connect with you, where they yeah. can work with you, how they can do all that. All right. Well, um, the daily stack, the underscore daily underscore stack on Instagram is me. Uh, I've got a podcast off that platform. Uh, I've also got Blind Lincoln Productions. Um, you can reach out to me through Instagram, through Facebook, uh, Blind Lincoln Productions on Facebook, or Turnkey Connections Group, uh, turnkeyconnectionsgroup.com. I don't think it's recording. But, uh, uh, it wasn't recording. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so you can reach out to me on any of those, and uh, I'll respond pretty quickly. Stackhouse MMA on Facebook as well. And uh, look me up. And I'm always looking for projects or crazy things. So, yeah, I'm yeah. always open to anything. He's a comedian fan that likes working with comics. So, if you're looking to do a project, reach out to him. Even just Definitely. questions, if you if you just need more insight into the production or how to get started. Video man. editing, anything like that. Yeah, like, I'm willing to talk to anybody about anything. Add me to your groups, and we'll chat. And I think the big takeaway is to, whatever your idea is, just start. Just do it. Just set it in motion. You right. don't need all the answers. Just have the idea and start. And I promise you. Put it out there for the universe. The pieces. I, this project has, climbing this mountain, dude, from the idea to filming it to all the post-production to finally getting it out there. It's like, it really does show me. It's like a lot. You just have to start. And then piece by piece, you will climb that mountain step by step so hot breath of verse i appreciate you supporting and listening to this share it we're doing this for the culture man we're doing this for for comics by comics so share this with other comedians if you're out in an open mic and you guys are talking about comedy or podcasts or writing tips be like hey have you heard hot breath or someone's like i should record an album it's like do you hear joel byers actually filmed a special and this is how he did it there it is hot breath verse thank you to gene jackson for purchasing my comedy special and inspiring me to repost this two-part podcast about how to produce your own comedy special go into the description of this episode and get the comedy special and let me know what you think and we'll see you next monday right here on Hot breath. <sighs>
This episode of Hot Breath is sponsored by our Patreon. If any of our content has helped your comedy career, join our Patreon linked in the show notes and get positive comedy karma for life. Probably.